Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Did you bring wine? I got the glasses. You guys, I made a quiz. And I didn't bring anything, but I'm here to have fun. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to the official Broad Wasted Podcast, where we're drunk on theater. I'm your host, Brian Plofsky, and let's have fun, fun, fun. God only knows where these pet sounds are coming from. But if we're going to be California girls, we're going to sloop John B. with our friends in your imagination. Sail on, sailor. But also, don't worry, baby, because we're going to break away. And in my room, I get around. Darling, I just wasn't made for these times. So if it's all if it's summer, all if it's all summer long, then I'm serving USA. Give me and give an eye the summer. If Caroline, no, stop that to be true to your school. Joining us today are the usual stoked good vibrations, including Kevin, wouldn't it be nice, Jager? Yeah, I, I, it took me a while to figure out where you were going with this one. Uh, Kimberly, our surfer girl game master, an unofficial babysitter for the hour. Hi. Hi. I don't know why I chose good vibrations. I wrote this a while ago, and I, I maybe because you're in California now, that's the only thing I can think about. But, like, I don't know why I chose it, but here we are. Um, with us is a returning guest, though it's been a while, it who wrote SpongeBob the Musical. And uh, we have a new guest we'll introduce a little bit later. First, let's give a big broad and welcome to friend of the show. Friend, friend of, the, of show. the show. Kyle Gerald. Hey. Good to be here, guys. I appreciate yeah. the California shout out. I'm sitting in L.A. right now. So it just feels good, you know. It's sunny where you are. It's dark where we are. Yeah, it's that time for the difference. We're it's talking to you in the past. I almost thought about doing this interview outside, but then I was like, uh, oh, there might be like airplanes overhead, ruin your and sound. jealousy on our end. Jealousy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want, you know, I was trying I might to get hit with a beach ball, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
A yeah. celebrity might trip and fall on me. Right, right. Yeah, Brad Pitt might just fall into my lap. Yeah, yeah. You never. Kevin thinks you live in Margaritaville with the beach balls. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, well, that being said, what are you drinking? Oh, my God. You know what? I'm actually not drinking alcohol right now, which I feel guilty sure. about. Um, but it's because it is only 4.16 p.m. here Fair. in Los Angeles. So Understood. I am drinking a big mug of water. But interesting fact, this glass mug was actually, you can see it's sort of a pineapple. This mm-hmm. was swag at the SpongeBob opening night party. Yes. Oh, cool. Right. Not a totally chance, by the way, that I'm just drinking out of it. But uh, yeah, so that's now that my you're, Now that you're in LA, I thought you were going to say you're not drinking because like you're on this new cleanse. And, like, <laughs> I'm only drinking, you know, like wheatgrass juice or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Every morning I go outside in my yard and pick my breakfast. <laughs> our neighbors across the street have chickens and there's a rooster that crows every morning it's kind of wonderful actually yeah Yeah. at like a reasonable hour i mean i have two young kids so So what is a reasonable what you would call reasonable and what i would call reasonable are not maybe fair 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 (laughs) like 7 a.m which i'm like i've been up an hour you know sure yeah let's see that's (laughs) That's, That's reasonable. <laughs> That's later than I thought. I was assuming like yeah. five with the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they used to, they're getting a little bit older now. They sleep in whatever. All, all those with the kids or the rooster? Oh, I'm at the rooster. The, ki- but the, oh, kids, the kids sound kid. good too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I rooster I usually hear around seven. It's a well-behaved rooster who sleeps in, I guess. Sure. Yeah, I but- also imagine like Tim Curry as rooster getting up on the roof and like singing Easy Street. Well, yeah, like there's celebrities everywhere. Like yeah, yeah, with beach balls. <laughs> exactly, exactly. He, th- he throws beach balls. From- He's shooting beach balls over. Yeah, That's yeah. <laughs> uh, and Kevin, what are you drinking? Um, I kind of ran out of things, so I poured tequila and orange juice into it. Yes, bag. you did. And it's oh. in my Kimberly Akimbo cup because I'm obsessed with this show. Well, and I could go get it. my Kimberly Akimbo cup, too. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's kind of good because I like tequila and I like orange juice. It's... It's just like every time you take a drink of orange juice, it's like a jarring feeling. So if you like jarring orange juice, then this is your drink. <laughs> I feel like there's a name, a specific name for tequila and uh, orange. It's Isn't almost it a, a sunrise. Yeah, you need almost grenadine for that. Yeah. Yeah, it tastes like a drink that a bartender was making and I took it out of his hands before he Right before it. he finished. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it tastes like. <laughs> Hold the grenadine. I think it's called – I think it's called – Maybe just a sunrise? Not a no, but that doesn't make sense. Why would you? Why would you? Why would you live at tequila? I don't know. This, this, my internet claims it's called a tequila screwdriver, which is a pretty lame name. Let's be oh, real. Oh yeah. Yeah. At least have something fun, like you know, turning a Moscow mule into a Mexican mule. Like that—that's fun. That's clever. Yeah. 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 Alliteration uh, is fun. <laughs> yeah, always. Brian, uh, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking um, bullet bourbon on the rocks in these fancy rocks glasses. I, I haven't had a bourbon glass. in a while. We've been drinking so much wedding beer that, like, I figure I might as well break open some of the bourbon. So, is yeah. it also from the wedding? It is, but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we Wait, have less of the liquor. Have all your liquor and stuff from your wedding? That's kind of amazing. So, so we ordered in bulk from the 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 vendor and then they bought back everything that we did not open but everything that was already open unfinished we kept oh wow because, because like they can't take it beer. back 
Yeah, because they open the cases. Oh, the case. So, oh, so even if they it. even if they took one beer out, like th- the full case, case was, was open. Yours. So we had cases and cases of Corona and Blue Moon and a Founders IPA. All you know, they like, had a very fun barbecue this summer. Good way to great. start a marriage, you know, just <laughs> yeah. so drunk every night. You know? <laughs> and uh, yeah, we have leftover whiskey and tequila and 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 rum that we don't drink, but we have a ton of it. So yeah, come over. I well, have a that was left over. Yes, and I gave Kimberly the gym because oh gin's God. not uh, it doesn't uh, match match with what we like. But um, yeah, <laughs> next time you're like. in Philly, next time you're in Philly, Kyle, we got we got we got a, a guest room and tons of liquor, wow. so you're more than no, welcome. Just in that guest room and just drink continuously. <laughs> <laughs> and if you bring the rooster with you, his time clock will be off, so he won't crow until ten. Oh, it's gonna be great! I'll just shove him in my suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, that's great, Kimberly! What Amazing. Oh, I have a gin and tonic, but also my husband Jay has been very into grapefruit juice recently. Ooh, interesting. So he that, wouldn't that be a greyhound or no? Oh, is that what it is? Right? I uh, I don't know. Let's look it up. There's gin hound called a greyhound that has um, grapefruit juice in it. It's gin tonic and grapefruit juice. Gin tonic and oh, interesting. So is it yeah, a gin and tonic? I wanted the no, bubbles. That's great. Greyhound is um is grapefruit and gin. I think it generally oh. doesn't have bubbles in it. Well, I like bubbles, so I added them. So you have but a Jay came home from the grocery store with two gallons of grapefruit juice. Two gallons? And I was, yes. and I was like, you needed two? He's like, I'm well, I went through the other one so fast. Healthy. I don't know. Starting his morning with a very sour juice. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's like... <laughs> Like, I will oh. take it for cocktails. Yeah. I say I'm yeah. with your husband. I drink grapefruit juice every morning. I really Why? do. Really? I love it. I don't know. You just he like to it. face the world with a puckered face in the morning. Just like- <laughs> he poured it for me this morning. He like made me like he was like I poured you cereal and a water and a grapefruit juice. Yeah, I want to see. Somehow a new- I was like, this is not what I wanted. Right after I brushed my teeth. <laughs> I want to see a time travel musical where somebody, the younger version, drinking all this grape juice, and the older one has to go back in time and be like, "No, you have so many ulcers. Stop." <laughs> Would that be a like, whole musical just to tell that story? Actually, the ulcers. I, okay, hear me out. New concept: a musical about time travel. But like, you know, all the time travel stuff is like, we got to save the world. Like I came back to like, kill this kid who's going to be the devil. Like all this stuff. Like, no, these are mundane stuff. Like, Hey, like next Tuesday you stub your toe and I never recover from like your, your nail breaks off. And like, like all these like silly mundane vignettes about why people are going back in time that are just like completely trivial. When the character returns to their future, they've actually created the apocalypse. Everything. <laughs> yeah. Through those small things, like not stu- not studying yeah. the toe actually like created nuclear holocaust. So like, then I go back. back. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. I go it. back to my college age self and I'm like, do not bleach your eyebrows when you bleach your hair. Just like tell you it was not a good look. And I don't do it. And then I come back and I'm the only person in the world. Yes. Yes. How did everyone die? Because I didn't bleach my eyebrows. It's yeah, exactly. effect, man. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Great. Oh God, remember We've that done movie? it. Great film. Oh, good. I'm um Fantastic. So we are here to talk about a very, merry unauthorized um, Scientology pageant, um, children's Scientology pageant. Um, So, you know, we haven't had you on a bit um, and we'll go through our usual questions. But I I do want to start off with you wrote this like you would like what what interested you in telling this story, but Uh specifically 
through, you know, the, the conveying it through children telling the story? Well, first off, it was a long time ago. And I'm a little embarrassed to say, I, I believe it was almost 20 years ago that I wrote oh, wow. this, which is really weird. It so was like in elementary school, in elementary school, <laughs> it was actually right, right out of college. Um, oh, wow. And so in college, I, I was a religious studies major. Um, I've never been religious, but I've always been very interested in religion. And I did a lot of research on cults. And one of the cults, although it's obviously a controversial term that I researched was the Church of Scientology. So it's just something that was very interesting to me. And um, I had started making shows um, with Alex Timbers and um, his company, Le Frere Corbusier. And we did a show about President Harding. And then we were looking for another show to do. And the Church of Scientology had just been in the news a lot at that time, like Tom Cruise. And I don't know, it was just very sort of zeitgeisty at the moment. And so we were just like throwing around ideas. And this was, you know, something that had been an interest of mine. And we were talking about nativity pageants and how kids Mm. do these really awkward sort of halting performances of these like religious stories. And we started thinking about like, wouldn't it be funny to do that, but with the stories of the Church of Scientology and started to realize that it could also be a real way to comment on religion more generally and on the ways that religion can kind of be ridiculous, can kind of be wonderful, can kind of be, you know, is complicated. Um, And also it just felt like a really funny, provocative idea. So that was kind of where it came from. And to be honest, a lot of uh, the content, I mean, obviously not the dialogue or whatever, but a lot of the content is actually straight up stuff from the Church of Scientology, from reading their literature. Um, And a big reason for that was because they're extremely litigious. And so I realized that um, we would be in a lot of trouble. We'd probably get sued um, if Mm -hmm. we, you know, said stuff that they could say was libelous. So really the, the, the point of view of the show was really to use Scientology's own teachings um, and sort of frame them in a way that felt like commentary, but didn't actually say anything that wasn't part of their teachings, if that Mm. makes sense. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And putting it in the mouth of babes, you know, there's something just weirdly ironic about that and also really sweet about that. I think it allowed it to be very funny, but also allowed, you know, when a kid is talking about like searching for answers and meaning in their life, there's something really poignant about that. And then when you see a kid playing L. Ron Hubbard offer them these like sort of false answers and shake them down for money, it just feels, I think, emotional in a way that adults doing it wouldn't. Um, so that that was yeah. part of the impetus of it too, it, it, that it would be funnier and also in a way more emotional and impactful um, with, with kids doing it. Yeah. So that was kind watching, of where, like, where the idea came from for, for both Alex and I. Yeah. It's interesting because then you're watching like such innocence, like BL Ron Hubbard. <laughs> like, well, you know, it's really and interesting. Drew, like, especially like kids playing adults in like those pageants like that, even just like a kid is the old wise man and like all of that stuff. Like, and here I am an angel. Yes. Like, <laughs> it's so weird. I mean, it's we always I, weird. I, I can't speak to all the, there have been many productions of it since, and I've mm-hmm. only been involved in a few of them, but certainly 
the ones I've been involved in, we really wanted to make sure the kids understood what they were saying because sure. it also feels important. There's the innocence factor, but kids are also smart and, and you want them to really own their lines and own their role, like understand what they're talking about. And that was also a really fascinating layer of the show to, to work with kids and try to have conversations with them about religion and what people believe and why, um, I don't know that that was that was always a very interesting part, and I'm assuming is an interesting part of probably every production and working with kids and and mm. working with material. Well, for for I this production, like after so many years, like how did it how did it get back to you? Like, well, how are we here right now? <laughs> so, so yeah, there's. I mean, the the show was off Broadway, yeah, like almost 20 years, maybe 19 years ago, and then it was revived off Broadway, maybe like five years after that. Um, and it's been published in their production. There's always like a couple productions every year. Um, it's a, it's sort of a holiday show in a way. So it, it often sure. gets done um, around the holidays. And it's just sort of existed like that for a long time. Um, and then Sean, um, who you guys are going to speak to later, mm-hmm. uh, the director. Spoiler um, alert! Spoilers! <laughs> spoilers! Oh no! Uh, anyway, Sean Pollock um I, he just reached out to me out of the blue. I didn't know him at all. And he reached out to me and he said, Hey, I'm a, I'm a young director. Um, and I really love this piece and I'm really interested in doing something with it. And I don't know, he just hearing him talk about it and what inspired him about it was super cool. Um, and then he came to me with this very specific idea, which was, he was like, listen, you know how they do like Annie live and all these live TV shows, TV musicals. Um, Wouldn't it be crazy to do like very merry live. And he's currently uh, a grad student um, at LIU um, in, in, I guess like kind of all media directing. So, Mm -hmm. so like doing something that is sort of uh, emulating like a live TV broadcast very much fit into his course of study. So his proposal was, hey, can I do this with the support of LIU as like a grad school project? Um, And it just seemed like totally crazy and super fun. And I think he's a really talented and really inspired thinker and a great guy. So figured, yeah, why not run with it? Um, so, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see it, uh, in this different medium and, and to see how, how it plays in that way. That's cool. Um, and, and I, I, the rumor is you're, you wrote new songs for it. Um, that's not quite true. The, well, so I'm going to tear down that rumor mill. Oh, well, there, <laughs> there are songs in it that were not in. Okay. So this is sort of complicated. Bear with me. Okay. Um, the show was off Broadway again, like 19 years ago and and it did pretty well. And there was interest in releasing an album, but that Mm. the stage show only had five songs in it. And it just, that wasn't like enough for a record. So I wrote a bunch, I think five extra songs um, that are like, you know, based on moments from the show. um, But like, aren't in that original script of the show. That uh, album got released and like exists in the world. And I think it's a lot, actually how a lot of people found out about the show. So then there was this kind of weird thing, which is that the version of the script that you license through Concord Publishing mm-hmm. is the version that was done off Broadway. And it doesn't have the extra songs that are on the record. 
But over the years, there have been people who have licensed the show and then been like, yo, I like those other songs that like, yeah. So every once in a while, someone will reach out to me. And so years and years ago, I made an alternate version of the script that includes, I think, three more songs. Um, And so that version occasionally gets done sort of depending on who's doing it. So it's weird. There's almost like two kind of extant versions of the show. Sure. The version that Sean is producing as part of this project is the version that has those extra songs. So they're songs that were written for the album. Um, So they were written a while ago, uh, but they are often not performed as part of the show. I know that's like super weird, but it it just kind of happened organically. Yeah, I'm also going to fast forward that and play Benny Hill music over it. So like, it's totally fine. (laughs) 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 No, no, it's actually fascinating. And I'm happy you kind of talked about that because I feel like on this show, we don't like get into like the business as much and like all that stuff. And like, but, but like, I say that because like, the three of us are fascinated by all that. So any conversation we can have about something like that to us is like very yeah. interesting well, and gold. You know what, to be honest, I think there, this is not the only show like that. I mean, there's, I mean, mm-hmm. you guys know, there's like different cast recordings of different shows where there's well, different songs or different Concord versions. specifically, I just worked with, cause I, where I worked did You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. And there's two different versions of that script because there's the Andrew Lippa like added stuff from the revival. And then there's the original 60s script, which is what they license. And you have to like ask for permission for all the new songs. Interesting. It's yeah. very so- similar. And yeah, also kids. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't quite know, like, yeah, anyway, I I think it's not super uncommon, but um, no. anyway. Theatrical that's, licensing uh, is a beast, and I don't envy yeah, anyone. it totally is. I mean, the other thing those contracts. It, it's interesting, like, I, I actually personally prefer the version of this show with fewer songs oh. um, because I think it just has, like, a better pace to it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, that but that's just my personal preference and Sean really has a vision and really feels passionate about the version. So he'll he'll make it awesome. Um but uh but I actually am sort of glad that the one that they normally license is actually the the one with fewer songs. Cause I think sure. it like I said, I think it just flows a bit better. You know what else flows pretty well? <laughs> Tuesdays in the corner with Kevin. It's Kevin's corner. <laughs> so welcome to the best part of the show, which is Kevin's Corner, which is my corner where we talk about whatever I want to because it's the best part of the, floor, the show. Yeah. Um, so when I originally, I uh, will admit when I originally, Kimberly had texted us to say, hey, we're going to do an episode about, and she put the, the title of the show. And the first thing that my eyes saw was pageant. And I was like, yes, let's do a pageant musical. <laughs> so I didn't read all the other words and just thought it was a beauty pageant. So Sounds I was correct. first. So fair enough. I then read all the other words, obviously, and was very interested and intrigued. But I also just love pageants. So um, I'm going to ask you three questions about pageants. Oh my um, god! I'm going to fail on all of them. I well, bet. it's not trivia. It's going to be your own opinions about things. Oh, good. Okay. All right. As but long as it's not questions about miscongeniality or no, something. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> but the but the fun part is, I'm also going to ask the same three questions to Sean. So we, the listeners will be able to compare and just see how 
similar and or different your answers are when you don't get to hear each other so you don't have that influence of like hearing oh, wow. play us, you're like you're like good cop bad cop playing us again <laughs> yeah Trying to see what's the real truth um okay so <laughs> the first question is if you could win a beauty uh, a scholarship program pageant um <laughs> for one of the like holidays of the year so like you could be like Mr. Christmas or like Mr. Flag Day, or like <laughs> Mr. Bastille Day, like whatever <laughs> holiday you want to be, like what holiday would you want to be like the reigning king of for Oh wow. Wow. Um I think Mr. Memorial Day cuz it's just Whoa. like you're going into summer, you're feeling good, like who doesn't love that holiday, you know? That's a really? good answer. Yeah. And grilling, you're drinking beers that you got from your wedding that are still in your house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good answer. I mean, it also, like, Memorial Day is also about, what, like, people who have died in war? Or is that it no? is also about people who have been killed in combat. Yeah, so that part of it is is very sad. But yeah. see, that's where you would, like, you would put that into, like, the, the interview portion. And oh, that's how I win. Yeah. Then you win yeah. the vote. That's great point, Kevin. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Wait, is. Kevin, There's what humanity. would humanity? This is Kevin's corner. Kevin, what would yours be? Oh, good question. Um, he hasn't thought about it. You're in headlights. Look right there. I know. I even I don't think about the, the answers to my own questions. That's weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would say that mine would maybe be um, the summer solstice because I love the summer because I'm from Florida and I hate how it gets cold here every year. And it's fun in the beginning when it's like Christmas time and you're like, oh, I love this. But then from like January to March, it's just Narnia where it's always winter and never <laughs> Christmas. And mm. it's the worst. And I don't know why people live like this. So um, I would be the summer solstice so I could oh. celebrate every year when it's summer again. And so and like Midsummer, I'm sure you've seen that movie. Yeah. That oh. you, you could celebrate like that. <laughs> yeah. Should, you know what? We should turn one of his movies into a musical. I don't know if it would work. But like, <laughs> or you turn them both into musicals. You turn Hereditary and Midsommar into musicals, and you do them in rep. Oh, <laughs> well, I was thinking you you tear it, you like truncate it so Act One is Hereditary and Act Two is Oh, why is coming in apology? Yeah, it's a great. Idea. I love it. I'm all about Everyone it. Everyone walks out feeling really good. Yeah, yeah right? totally. Good feeling musicals. It's like what is this show that have, I'm sure you guys haven't seen? It. I hope not. A Little Life. That's at BAM right now. Have you guys heard about this show? Heard about it. I haven't seen it. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen about it yet. this show. It is, I think it's like four hours long. And it, it is yeah. just the most brutal. It's a lot of life. Where just horrible, horrible things happen over and over and over. Anyway, it just sounds really very Ooh. intense. Not a musical, though. I think it's a straight play. Mm. I also think it's in Dutch, perhaps. Oh. Oh, no, it is a musical. It's called Les Mis. things keep happening okay so question two so we decided your holiday now we're going to move on to question two we all know that in pop culture tv shows movies they love to have a good pageant there's episodes of tv shows or movies that are like incredible pageant things um one of my favorites is um oh one of my favorites is on saved by the bell um, in the summer when uh, Mr. Karosi's daughter, who is a Scientologist, or was a Scientologist, but escaped, 
Oh, in real life? Uh, in real life, Leah Ramini. Oh, wow. She played Mr. Carosi's. That was her oh, name, yeah. Ryan. Stacy. Stacy. Stacy Carosi. Oh, sorry. Right. I mean, I mean, let me look it up. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so she's in, like, they're all in a, the girls are all in a pageant, and Zach is the judge. And, like, Mr. Carosi says he has to pick Stacy or he'll fire him. But then he picks Kelly because she gives the best answer and she really deserves to win. But then Stacy finds out and gets mad that her dad always, like, bribed him to make her win so then she kisses Zach it's a great thing um so my question for you is what is your favorite example of a um pageant in tv and or film I I mean I think it's got to be Miss Congeniality which I feel like is just a classic Mm -hmm. awesome movie okay did you like number two or are you just like a classic purist of you know what I gotta say I don't think I, I actually don't think I saw number two which I'm a, maybe a little embarrassed about. You're okay. It, oh, it doesn't. It doesn't hold it up. It doesn't. It 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 did, it didn't really work. Uh, and there wasn't a lot of like she's like behind the scenes of a pageant, and then she has to like try to do it again, and it's just a lot of recycled joke. It's not great. Yeah. Well, you know, it's but your your choice of the the first one is a good choice. I will give you that. <laughs> I'm glad you approved. Thank Solid. you. That was Sandra Bullock in her prime. Prime. Okay. Love Sandy. Absolutely. And now my third question is, if you could not do anything musical as your talent, what would be your talent in a uh, scholarship competition? Wow. Uh, You know, I can do a really good bell kick. You know what a bell kick is where you like click your heels? Yeah. Yeah. Cabriol. Oh, I was thinking of fan kick. Oh, no. A leprechaun jump. Yes, a leprechaun jump. Yes, a total leprechaun <laughs> jump. I'm, I can do it really. I can, you know, I feel like that could be my, my pageant. Just talent. the one. You come out yeah, and do well, one. That's kind of weak sauce, right? But, you know, it'd be so good that they'd, I'd still I was going to say, you do it once the whole audience rises to their feet. And <laughs> yes. Yeah. For the Memorial Day, Memorial Day pageant that I win. Well, because everyone's yes, exactly. so ready for summer. They're just like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone does it. It's not a kick line. It's a. It's a bell kick line. Wow. Yeah. It's like a, a bell kick do you know how many people would get injured if they really tried to do that on a Broadway? They go the wrong way. Oh yeah, you got you need you need a lot of room. I need room. lateral. You need lateral space. That's why Finian's Rainbow always closes. Everyone gets so hurt during the massive <laughs> bell kick. <number. laughs> they all thought Spider Man was dangerous. No, <laughs> Rainbow is so dangerous. Better watch out. <laughs> oh God, oh, right. we'll have to see. We'll have to see how your answers stack up with Sean's. Because yeah, I don't know. I, 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 he'll probably have better answers. Well, we'll see. But this has been. But he's a funnier guy than me. I think. That's my my feeling. He's a cool beard. Be the judge. Yeah, he's well, a cool beard. The listeners, he's a listener <laughs> this has been part one of Kevin's corner. <laughs> Woo! Um. Fantastic. So let's let's uh, let's get into some um, some other stuff, and we'll come back to uh, the pageant. But um, uh, here's a question for you. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to adapt this. I don't know. This is our favorite question, but it, but I don't know if it'll work here. We'll see what happens. If you could play, uh, so if you could be in a show, okay, okay. sure. Um, but you have to live through it. 
Meaning that when you're like, you can go back in time, you would play the youngest part when you were a younger man. And then like, as time went on, you could play all of the, whatever, whatever role you wanted. As time goes on, you would play all those roles like chronologically age wise. So, you know, like we, there's a, a good wow. answer that we've heard is like, you would want to be in gypsy and you'd play like the young Louise and whatnot, all the way to mama Rose, like in all the characters in between. Is there a show where like, if you had the opportunity to do that, you would do that. And what is it? Got it. And the, and the, the goal being that there are a bunch of dope roles to play, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah I got you. Or you call your goal could be they're all terrible roles to play. <laughs> That's also true. Misery doing the worst show. <laughs> the goal, <laughs> the goal is to film it and then edit you together completely <laughs> on green screen. So the whole show is just you. Wait, I think there's like, didn't Cher do some crazy yes, music she did. where she plays yeah. all the roles, right? Yes, Was it West Side Story? Yes, mm-hmm. she did her oh, own she-, West, she did her own West Side Story yeah. segment where in like <laughs> 20 minutes she did the entirety of West Side Story with costumes and mustaches. If anyone listening, you should just it's I'm sure it's on YouTube. Oh it's, it is. Oh it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first thing that comes up. Yeah. It's, oh, it's so amazing. Was it why'd she do it for like SNL or something? Or I like it was on her show. It was like her variety show. show. Oh, right. Back in the day. It was mm-hmm. after Sunny had left and she was still going, and everyone was like, We love you, but like, what are you doing? <laughs> doing what's 19, that story? 1978. Wow. Well, so yeah. she really that's the ultimate answer to your question. Um <laughs> Uh, but I would say I'm going to give a. We mentioned this musical just a second ago. I think Lay Miz maybe, because you got a lot of different age, you know, male roles that are pretty dope. There's what's the kid's name who gets shot? Gavroche. Stacy Crow. Spoiler. <laughs> Gavroche. Then you've got like what's the Marius is the like young mm-hmm. kind of twenty something guy, and then you can I don't know like maybe Javert and then you can age into Valjean. Like, come on, those are some good roles, you know? Oh, and he yeah. retires the bishop. <laughs> Wait, who's that? Oh, <laughs> the guy who he like robs? In, like, like, yeah, he robs at the beginning, does that whole, the bass note, the I have bought your soul for God. Like, yes, crazy. that's where you, yeah, that's how you retire, exactly. And if we're feeling super crazy, you could film act one when you're younger and then you can play Jean Valjean like, you know, 10, 15 years however many years the time jump is. Oh, like, and a, boy, like a boyhood kind of thing? Like boyhood or like the Merrily wow. movie they're making. Oh, yeah. Aren't they doing that? Right. They're actually doing it. Yeah. 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 In and order. Richard Linkletter is directing it. Like yes. every, every 10 years they're getting together to film. Hey, when he found, you know, he found a thing. It's like, he's just going to lean into it. I was gonna say, it's he just weird. doesn't like to finish a movie. He's but like, he's, I'm always working. He's fascinating because all of his movies up until boyhood, the main theme was time. Like, yeah. like um, mm. all the before sunrise, yeah, like the sunrise right. movies. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Days and Confused takes place in the course of one night. Yeah, like yeah. that's like his thing, and then he's like, "What if?" And I'm like, "Cool, man, cool. All right, all right, all right." It's also a really good pitch to make sure you have longevity in your career. I was just thinking that he knows he's got work, like you know. Yeah, that's you true. Go to, you go to every studio and sell them each one movie that's going to take you thirty years to make. I'm like, <laughs> I love it. Love a corporate job. It's pretty there smart. You go. There you go, John. Like, there it is. When Merrily We Roll Along actually comes out in theaters. Kyle, you can see it with your wife and kids when your kids are like in their 20s or 30s. <laughs> like, <laughs> insanity. 
What a weird concept. I know. Insanity. And we'll all be like, I remember Ben Platt when he was on the Broadway. Who's in it? Is it Ben Platt and Beanie? Yeah. Feldstein. Who else? Isn't it Groff? Is he? No, he's doing it on Broadway or off Broadway with at New York Theater Workshop. But is he Let's doing the movie too? No, it's it. I don't know the other person. I'll look it up. But while I'm looking it up, um, do you uh, do you have a favorite musical? Like, does your music favorite musical change? Do you have one like straight up? Oh, interesting. Uh, God, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's changed over time. I mean, when I was a kid, maybe this is what influenced what I just said. I really loved Les Mis. Like, I really thought it was dope. And I, yeah. I don't know that I necessarily would say that anymore. Um, God, what's my favorite musical? That's, that shouldn't be such a hard question. Well, while you think, I'll take it back, and it's Blake Jenner playing the third part. Oh. I don't think oh, I know who that is. Yeah, I don't either. Is that, like, in the Jenner famous family? I'm sure that person is, yeah? Um, There's only so many Jenners, No, right? he's oh. not. Oh, interesting. He was on Glee. He was married to um, Supergirl for a little bit, and then there were a lot of accusations against him. And um, oh, but good. he was so also give him a thirty-year contract. Yeah, exactly. And then he was also in um, uh, Everybody Wants Son with, with Richard Linkletter, like the spiritual sequel to Days and Confused. Oh, interesting. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, right, cool. to answer your question about favorite musical, I, I think it's probably Sweeney Todd, which I feel like is a, mm. a kind of a played um, answer. But I, it's I don't I just find that show thrilling. You know, I'm excited to see the revival that's coming. <gasps> Me too. Yeah. Um, cool. Also, Brian, I just saw a show for my answer. Oh, that or cabaret? Or, actually, I would say cabaret mm-hmm. also. Oh yeah. Sorry. Um, Oh, that's okay. I'm just remembering because I have the playbill still right next to me that when I was watching Kimberly Akimbo over the weekend, I was just like, this is my answer to Brian's question about a show you age through. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) But you end the show playing the youngest character. So I think. Totally. I think, yeah, that's, that's all. (laughs) That's a good answer. Another, I think the best answer though, we've established this is the ferryman. Uh, well, yes. You start as the baby. <laughs> the literal fresh baby on stage. And you're you right, end as like the right. old woman. You're I right. will literally yeah. never forget that because I held my breath the entire time. That poor 15-year-old girl had to walk down that giant stage yeah. with the holes in between each well, step. And then put the baby on a pillow. Yeah, because Kevin and I were in the back row of that theater. And when that baby came out, like after like 20 seconds, you're like, Okay. And then we both like held our breaths and like held each other's hands being like, this is the most stressful part of what if this baby rolls? Kyle, they put, did you see it? I did not get to see it. They literally had a real live baby on stage. There was a staircase that goes all the way up. So you can't like, as if it's like into the proscenium, like, and this poor, like teenage girl had to keep carrying this real life baby up and down these stairs that were just slats of wood with no connection. And then at one point she brings it down, puts it on a pillow that's on the edge of the stage and then walks away. And there's a whole scene that plays out with a baby by itself on a pillow on the edge of the stage. So once the babies start to become mobile, they get fired. Yeah, I mean, I would hope so. That is terrifying. Terrifying. You know what? We When that show, 
was coming out, we had a baby. Did they audition you? Someone baby? forwarded us the <laughs> casting notice and was like, Really? Yeah. And they were like, Would you be interested? And we were like, Hell no. <laughs> I don't understand what parent thought that was a good idea. Like, no. I and imagine baby, you, you have to be backstage the whole time. It's yeah. not like there's a wrangler for the infant. It's cruel to like, the kid. It sucks for the parents. I don't know, man. It's, I, you know, it's weird. And I think they had like three babies that would rotate, but yeah. it must I, have. Yeah. I saw the show twice. One's asleep. And the baby never cried. No. And it was like the most, imp- that was one of the most impressive things. It was the chillest baby. Incredible. But this baby was like in the show, like in the zone. I imagine you all being like, we're going to do this because we need another Tony nomination in this. Case. <laughs> but I was like, do, does that baby have its equity card? Hey, yeah, I guess so. I Well, I would guess. It's so. very little. It's very little. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, can you imagine being two and having an equity card? Was that, that Sam Mendes directed that, right? I think so. I think so. Yeah. He, I, I think he's really a genius, and but he also is just like, the master of just, I'm going to do it because I can. Like, having a live baby or at the end of Lehman Trilogy. Did you guys see that show? No, haven't. Yeah. Wonderful show. It's three people, the end, spoiler alert, three people for like three hours. And then the last two minutes, there's 30 people on stage yeah. for two minutes just because he can. And yeah. it's really striking, but it's just like, come on. Like, my, friend, my friend literally made her Broadway debut and she's like, I'm making my Broadway debut in the Lehman trilogy. And I was like, great. I'm seeing that with my friend and your parents on, on Thursday. And I saw it and I was like, where is my friend? And I was just like, <laughs> and seriously, like the set rotates and it's like the final minute and a half. And I was like, she's right there. <laughs> the show's over. And they're, good. they're also frozen in a tableau. They don't actually move. Yeah, they don't do anything. No. No, no, it's they're like they're like frozen as if they're having a scene. It, it's honestly beautiful and oh, incredible, so but it's really like audacious. Like I can have anything I want on stage. Like I'm gonna, we need thirty people for one minute. It's really pretty wild. Anyway, same with the baby. It's like I need a live baby on the yeah. edge of the stage. That's what I want. And there's like, also like a duck and a goat and a bunny, like. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like oh yeah, I forgot about that too. Yeah. There's like a goose. goose? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the person who's the swing of that show have to learn each person's pose in the tableau just in case they had to step in for that. Well, so actually, um, they I saw it just in L.A. a few months ago, and um, it's like the tour, and there's no way they're touring with those people, right? So I asked, oh, and it turned out that they they're local hires at least for the tour everywhere they go. Smart. Um, and so I think, I think it like, isn't always the same people every night either. There's like kind of a stable of people. Well, However, like, just look like you're talking. If they did hire them, the Tableau bus would truly be the best bus tour oh, yeah. bus ever. Oh yeah. <laughs> but the other thing that's funny is the show's so long. So you're on for one minute at 11 PM. Like it's, you know what I mean? It's not like at 8 PM and you like go and have your life. It's like, do you think you they have your- to be there at half hour? Good question. I don't know. No, they did not. My friend on Broadway did not. Oh, okay. okay yeah, that seems that seems fair. that seems cruel. Yeah, yeah. But they, I well, think, I think they had to check in at like what intermission was. Um, we've talked a lot about kids, and we are also talking about a children's Scientology pageant. So let's hear a little bit more of that from the director, Sean Pollock. Oh, take it, Brian. Oh, you know the ride. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome because we are here with Sean Pollock. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. I love this podcast. Love Kim. Love Brian. Love Kevin. I'm so excited. Woo-hoo. I just waved like the listener could see me. <laughs> like I haven't been doing this for six years. <laughs> I mean, pa- patrons can see you. Hello. Oh, hi, Patreon. Whoa, Thank hey, you. <laughs> um, yeah, as we mentioned in the intro, we're talking about a very merry unauthorized children's Scientology pageant. Um, let's kind of like jump right into it, Sean. Like tell us a little bit about what's happening here, what it's about. Um, uh, and, and we'll kind of ask questions along the way, but, um, we'd love for our listeners to, to get a little bit of a sneak peek of kind of, uh, what they, uh, what they're in for. Sure. So, uh, Very Merry Unauthorized Children's Scientology Pageant is a musical that is almost 20 years old. Um, and it's actually interesting because when I tell people I'm doing it, their, their first response is like, oh, like the Book of Mormon. And I'm like, no, actually, it like kind of came way before that. And, um, it doesn't, it's not like profane in any way. It doesn't have any like swearing or like sex or drugs or anything bad at all. It's like literally, the story of L. Ron Hubbard and Scientology sets to music um, delivered by children in the most deadpan way possible. Um, and it's really, really funny. Um, and it's also creepy and it's also a little sad. I think the whole thing, uh, why I make the show is so brilliant, why I love it so much is that it meets at this perfect intersection of like comedy and tragedy because I don't think that like people being in a cult that is known for like abusing people um, is funny, but I think having the material delivered by kids with like a really straight face, um, especially because, you know, the story of Alron Hubbard, I mean, he's like, you know, a classic um, snake oil salesman. Um, and, you know, a lot of what Scientologists believe about like Lord Zenu and all the mythos of Scientology is, is pretty ridiculous. Um, and it's not like any other musical I've ever worked on. It's kind of a little bit more of a play with music. Um, this, version that we're doing there were songs that kyle wrote is that were recorded only for the cast album and were not as part of the original production i think the original production has like five songs or six songs maybe and i think the album Mm -hmm. has about nine um so we added some songs back in that were not in the original production and and weren't were actually written after the fact um there's one really soulful song about auditing um i'll talk about like auditing and what that means not in the irs sense there's like an (laughs) 
Adding <laughs> to Scientology. That would be the musical, The Adding Machine. And before we get too in the weeds, uh, just remind yeah. us like your role in this um, uh, and, and kind of what you bring to the table when it comes to a very Marion authorized. Sure. Um, so I'm directing this, I'm executive producing it and I'm designing it. And I, so very easy job. No, yeah, you know, very yeah, right no down the middle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super, super chill. Um, I kind of just like lay back and let it happen. Yeah. Oh, uh, totally. Um, just like a walk in the park. No, but a quick, um, a quick put in rehearsal and in you go. Like, <laughs> actually, it's it's funny you bring that up because so you know the it was a really hard show to cast um, for a lot of reasons, um, but mostly because it's all kids and we like live in hell and there's like corona and like all of this stuff, which made it really challenging. And so originally, I wanted to have <laughs> two young looking adults play the swings, which I know Kyle and I both feel that the show loses a lot when it's adults playing kids. Cause I think the deadpan nature is really lost when it's with kind of like a wink, wink sensibility. It's almost like mm-hmm. two different types of humor kind of um, trying to do one thing. Mm-hmm. But I do have one 18 year old girl coming in and the covers are learning the show in a week, um, which is pretty insane. Uh. Yeah, um, but the show's only an hour long. You know, it's not like I'm doing Sunday in the Park with kids or you know something like that. But cool. um, but yeah, Wait, keep, Sunday in the now, Park Junior. N- now I want to replace like <laughs> nouns with kids in titles. Yeah, oh, I'm really like, obsessed with that idea. Yeah, the kid of La Mancha. <laughs> Every come up with other ones. What are some really really good ones? Like, the kid of La Mancha is pretty great. I mean, the, the kid, kid who came really to dinner. Good. The kid who came to dinner. <laughs> That's about, a good one. What about Curious legal, incident of the kid in the nighttime? Legally, kid the musical. That's good. That's kid good. Blonde. Kid blonde. <laughs> kid blonde. Legally, legally, kid. Um, what else can you do? Kid miserable. <laughs> <laughs> or or just or just le kid. Le kid. <laughs> The classic French term. Yeah. Like the kid. I was going to say kid, but I mean bad kid. <laughs> bad kid. Hades kid? Kid town? Oh, God. Kid, kid town. I would never, ever see that show. I feel like that's that's Kim's life a little bit. because you were Kim's Absolutely. like the mayor of kid, kid town. Kid town is my world. And um, <laughs> I don't invite any of you there. <laughs> it's... I, I, I feel cool. like Kimberly would have to take me somewhere and get me a bunch of margaritas and then be like, oh, we're seeing a show. And I'd be like, yes. And we get in the seats and she'd be like, so now that we're here and you're in your seat, it's kid town. You can't leave. Back like, oh. <laughs> into the kid town, California. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh, Kevin would absolutely sneak out of that theater. Um, but, you know, I have to tell you, though, so, like, I think that um, a lot of the work that I do tends to be on the darker side. I At Ithaca, where me, Kim, and Brian all went to school at different times. Go well, bombers. I didn't go there. My husband went there. Oh, you, that's right. Sorry. I'm okay. honorary Ithaca. Honorary I Ithaca. Um, I started Five years into marriage, <laughs> I get a degree. Yeah, that's actually that's like legally, like, how it works. Like, Listen, I know the references. I can talk about going to Dillingham. Okay. <laughs> there we go. 
Oh my god. Um, so I started my own horror and science fiction theater company at Ithaca that turns 11 this year, which is crazy. It makes me feel really old. Um, but a lot of the work that I do is like horror, sci-fi, like, um, and I do a lot of comedy, but it's usually dark comedy. So, but I have worked with kids before, and I think like for the I I felt really insecure a lot of times. I'm like, am I too much of like a dark weirdo to like work with kids? Um, but I actually, I love it. And and all the kids that I'm working with are super smart, um, which helps a lot because I have to tell them like what Scientology is and what a cult is and who L. Ron Hubbard was. And we even spent like 30 minutes talking about existentialism. Like it, it, it's crazy. It's really cool, actually. It's really cool when you talk to kids about like big concepts or, or these things that like adults have like made big concepts in our heads or just how it is. And you explain it to a child and they respond in just such a simple, so you mean, and then they just say it so simply. You're like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like kids are just, they're so open to understanding and then like just processing things. It's really, they're, exciting. they're the kids of La Mancha. We're the kids of La Mancha. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's sometimes I'll I'll like find myself talking about certain things and like I'll use words to like describe certain things, and I'll be like, wait. I feel like they may not even know the adjectives I'm I'm using. Yeah. So I'll, I'll like ask them. Like um, I'm trying to give you an example, but like um, I used the word esoteric the other day and trying to talk about Scientology, and I was like, oh wait, guys, you know what esoteric means? And they're like, no. And I was like, esoteric meaning like kind of complicated, convoluted. They're like, okay, got it. They really roll with the punches. My youngest is nine, um, and my oldest I think just turned sixteen. Her name is Jadea Bivens. She was one the orphans and annie live she's oh, incredible fun. they're all incredible i mean i love them all um and they all have amazing voices um but it is quite a range for sure to have you know like nine to 16 year olds in your yeah. show um, i'm picturing them all showing up to school on monday fitting the word esoteric into a sentence with their friends. yeah totally or teaching you you've <laughs> accidentally created like scientologist like uh uh, a network where do they keep telling their friends now that they're working out so then <laughs> oh, no. all of a sudden created oh, no. an MLM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you yeah. read the good word? That is something I think about all the time. I'm like, what what do they do with this knowledge after the fact? You know, like we have these like really intense conversations about like what is a cult and stuff like that. And sometimes I, I imagine them like going to school and like telling the popular kids, like you guys are in a cult. <laughs> like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, so. Uh, um, totally. so maybe I am opening up Pandora's box, but you know, I mean, there I've always said from day one, there's nothing in the show that kids can't learn about, you know, I mean, nothing sure. in it is, is like bad or, you know, like, violent or well i mean i guess you know scientology they, they've they've been violent but i i kind of i don't really talk about that stuff i just tell them what, i just tell them what they need to know yeah sure and i mean i think what, it's, that's also what theater is which is really cool is just like theater is exposing people to like a part of life or a thought or a like take on something that they would never have had on their own and you're kind of like stuck in a chair in the dark where you have to kind of like process it and take it in and then you don't really know what they're going to do with that in the real world but like 
it's kind of a cool experience. Do you do you know where else we expose people? Tuesdays in the corner. Kevin, it's Kevin's corner. No, Ryan. The second those words fell from my lips, were you like gold, gold, gold? I saw you start laughing, and I didn't know why. And then for all our patrons who are watching the video, just rewind it like a minute and you'll see the second that Kevin said it my eyes light up <laughs> best transition of all time because <laughs> you're now in Kevin's corner and oh yeah this is my corner of the show where I get to do whatever I want and it's therefore the best part and what's super fun about this is I am going to ask you the same three questions that I'm going to ask Kyle and okay. so the listeners will get to see how your answers differ or are the same without the influence of like having each other hear each other's answers. So when I knew we were recording, when I knew we were recording for your show, I quickly glanced um, when we first talked and Kimberly had said that we were going to do this. I quickly glanced at Kimberly's text and saw that it was a show about a pageant. And so I immediately was like beauty pageant. So my first question for you is if you could be the winner of a beauty pageant or I'm sorry, a scholarship contest that is um, like a specific holiday cat, like category, what would you want to be? So any holiday you would be like, like Mr. Christmas or like Mr. Solstice or Mr. Like what, uh, pageant would you want to win that's like centered around a holiday? Well, originally I was like thinking to myself, I was like, I feel like if there was like a fat slut pageant, I'd be great at that. <laughs> yeah. But what is a fat slut holiday but New Year's, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I take New Year's very seriously. Um, my friends and I um, always get into shenanigans, although the last few years have been a little quiet. Um, but yeah, I would say a New Year's pageant because um, I feel like New Year's is all about um, being drunk and debaucherous. And I, I think that's something I um, excel at. I think New Year's pageant is my no I'm all about it. Um, okay, so... In our lifetime, we've experienced a lot of pageants on TV in, like, entertainment. Like, in TV shows or in movies, things like that. We've all had that experience of seeing a pageant. My favorite pageant that I can think of in a TV show is from Saved by the Bell when they are away for the summer. And they're doing the, the pageant. And Mr. Carosi tries to tell Zach, who's a judge that he has to vote for his daughter or he's going to fire him. But he votes for Kelly because Kelly just deserves to win and almost gets in trouble. But then the daughter finds out. Um, and what, ironically, this all ties back in because the daughter on Saved by the Bell is Leah Ramini, who did a whole documentary about Scientology. So my question is, what is your favorite representation of a pageant in like, a TV or film? Um, my favorite 
pageantry. I guess what's coming to mind is Little Miss Sunshine, which I've yet to see the musical of. Um, but I mean, I, I think that's such a great moment because like there's there's all this, you know, like hype up to the pageant. And then it's just, like completely inappropriate routine that this little girl is doing that's like taught by her sicko grandpa. And I just think it's hilarious. Um, I have seen Miss Congeniality. I have I seen I Smile? No, I've seen I've seen some of Smile. I've seen like clips of it on YouTube. So I, yes. I think I think I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Lonely Sunshine. And then final question: If you had to sing in a talent portion for a pageant, what would your song be? Um, I did karaoke. Two weeks ago, that was the last time I got drunk, and I sang Waterloo Sunset by the Kinks, and I did a pretty good job. So I maybe it's Waterloo Sunset, honestly. But but speaking of singing, I did just post a video if anyone wants to watch it on the unattended baggage Instagram of me singing the song Rain from the show. And I've never posted anything of me singing publicly because I thought it would be cringe. And it probably is cringe, but you know, if anyone if anyone wants a good dose of cringe. They can watch me singing rain. And you know what? We always end with some cringe. If I didn't, it wouldn't be Kevin's Corner. Of course. There you go. <laughs> you survived the corner. So just remind us, where can we find a Mary uh, Unauthorized Children's Scientology pageant? Um, yeah. Where can we get tickets? All that fun stuff. So um, the show is... <sighs> It's kind of hard. So it's like it's being taped for one day only on November 5th, the day before the other holiday, my 30th birthday, November 6th, um, at the 14th Street Y. Um, we're putting an event right up really soon. Um, oh. All the tickets are free. Um, which oh. Is, yeah, it is free. Um, Twist. <laughs> yeah, plot, plot twist. Um, uh, so we're going to release like a limited amount of tickets to the public. I can only have 110 seats in the space. We're doing two tapings, one at 2 p.m. and one at 7 p.m. And then it's over. Um, and then um, it'll be available to stream on the IFT network, which is a new streaming service. It start, stands for Indie Film and Television Network. And um, it'll also be, you guessed it, free to stream. Whoa. Um, Cool. I know it's all free, um, and uh, which is really cool and exciting. Um, so I don't know actually when it's getting released. I think it's going to get released on Thanksgiving Day, but you know we gotta see how editing goes. But uh, this is like a grad school student film, a very expensive <laughs> grad school student <laughs> film I, or, or TV special. Sorry, I should say, because um, I am doing this with LIU Brooklyn, where I go to grad school, where I'm getting my master's and running and producing for television. Oh, that's super cool! That's so fun. Is it like so a telethon? Can we call in at the commercial break? <laughs> oh my god! No, I wish. Well, you know, it's it's funny. So the, it, we're calling it a very Marian authorized children's Scientology live because we're taping it live. Um, and I was told by other people that I guess some of the NBC Fox lives 
are that's called live to tape but only mm-hmm. a few of them are actually broadcast live um like i i think jesus christ superstar was not broadcast live um and i was mm-hmm. talking to i don't know if i'm like breaking nda by saying this hopefully not but um so but according to like equity rules and like what are, and digital theater versus not and like all that stuff in order for it to be not digital theater and order for it to be tv like i had to substantially edit it so it couldn't be like 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 live streamed otherwise i'd have to like go through like equity i don't know if your listeners care about this at all but i, mean, I think <laughs> it's fascinating but yeah <laughs> but um but i am going to school for television anyway so i really was like okay well if you know it's considered tv when it's you know edited and all that um you saw so call it live because we will tape it live and you know i mean the kids are learning it really quickly so i give them the security i'm like we can yell cut if something goes really wrong which is kind of beautiful you know um but uh, yeah, then we're gonna edit it, put in multiple camera angles, and then yeah, we'll go up an IFT. We're gonna we're gonna release a live cast album too. Um, cool. So that's really exciting. Um, what I'm just gonna say one. Sorry, I know I'm going like a mile a minute. Um, but one thing that is really exciting about the show this round um, is that the show is gonna sound completely different than what's on the off Broadway recording. Um, we're reorchestrating it, and so the the off-Broadway cast album has sort of like a synth sci-fi, like 70s, 80s, late 70s, early 80s yeah. kind of feel. Um, and our version is like very musical theater. Um, our kids are really good singers. Like some of them have been on Broadway um, and the harmonies are just like, oh my God. So I'm so excited for, for everyone to listen to Very Merry in this new way. It's kind of going to be like hearing the score like almost with like fresh ears because it's going to be so different that's cool i guess my question for you is like you know we've talked a lot about this and 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 what the show is but i guess what do you want people to take away from it like it's an hour you said it's free you know people are going to come in there have a really fun hour but like what do you want what do you want them walking out of there with um so i just wrote a blog post about this on my website pollockshawn.com if anyone wants to read a longer version of of what i'm about to say um basically you know i think this show is important um because it's about the importance of thinking critically and asking questions um, because, um, you know, the, the show illustrates this really terrific Venn diagram between like pageantry, kids theater and cults and how all these things operate under the guise of people telling other people what to do and then just kind of going through the motions um, and not really thinking about it. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, th- that there's that element to it, but also Scientology is still legally protected by the IRS. Like, even though we know all of this stuff about how Scientology is this like cult, I, I don't even like to say it's religion because it's not, it's a cult. Um, and you know, people have been harmed by it. Um, and despite like all of this evidence out there, they're still protected by the government. And so they can still do basically whatever the hell they want. And I think that, um, some of the best ways to dismantle like systems of oppression is, is by laughing at them. Cause also I think Scientology thinks it's like this really super cool 
cool club that wants people to join. And like, think about, you know, when you were in high school, like no one wants to be uncool. So like if, you know, the chess club isn't cool, if the drama club isn't cool, well, not that that stopped any of us, but like, you know, everyone wants. We are very cool. I just want to put that. We all are very cool people, especially the who are in the drama club. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have insinuated otherwise. This is what happens when you don't drink for two weeks. You just say things you don't mean. Um, Welcome to the show. Yeah. Interestingly, (laughs) if you do drink for two weeks, you still say things that you don't mean. so interesting um, that was actually fascinating um but you know i just think that the more uncool that and ridiculous that we make scientology seem and the more people know to not take it seriously um the less people will be inclined to join um and that's why i think humor is like a really undervalued method for social change i really do um uh, because no one wants to be a part of a club that everyone thinks is uncool and stupid. So if we just keep being like, hey, this thing is, you know, uncool and stupid, um, then hopefully people won't pay it peace of mind and they won't even consider joining, you know? Does that make sense? Hopefully yeah. yeah. Sure. I actually have a question I don't think I've asked you about this show before in our many discussions. Um, how did you find this show did you see the original production did you get an album like thrown to you from a street vendor like how did you find this and want to be a part of it and <laughs> you put it up at 54 below a few years ago like yeah where, where did it come from in your life and why does it like resonate which I guess you just answered that too well, I answered it a little bit, but that's a good question. So um, I started directing when I was 13 years old. I was, like, bad at it because I was 13. Um, mm-hmm. But um, when I Did was you direct 16, 13, the musical? That was 13. two years before I turned 13. And I knew people <laughs> who were in the original 13, too. When I was 16, I directed a production of Carrie, not to be confused with Carrie the Musical, which I directed the first college production of, the first licensed college production of at Ithaca College when I was 20 years old. Not to be confused with the Emerson production, which was illegal. I was the first one to do it legally. But even before that, I um, I love Stephen King, and I did my own non-musical adaptation that was bad. Um, and uh, it was not good. And um, I had a, a girl in my cast named Allie Klein who played the angel in the original production of Very Merry. And for some reason, I just remember, uh, like, on her resume and in her bio, that title. And it never really, like, I, I think it, I was just like, okay, filing in the back of my brain for later. And then um, in 2014, Going Clear came out, the documentary on HBO. And it was kind of a big deal at the time. And I remember watching it and, you know, like I saw the South Park episode where they made fun of Scientology. I knew a little bit about it. And I was like, wasn't there like a musical like about this? And, um, and I just went on YouTube and I typed it in and I listened to the, to the cast album. And I was like, this is really funny. Um, And, uh, that's kind of what first playing the seed. And when I, um, when I was, let me think, I think it was, yeah, I was 24 and I, um, I saw Rachel Lily Rosenblum and don't you ever forget it at 54 below, which was so mm-hmm. good. Did I see it? it was no, but I've seen so many videos. 
<laughs> it was so good, y'all. And I remember after seeing it, I was like, I have to do something on 54 Below. And um, also when I was a teenager, I directed an illegal production of Lestat, the musical, which I love Lestat, and no one loves Lestat but me. And I'm okay with that. And so when I came to Jennifer Tepper to pitch a show, I either wanted to do Lestat or Very Mary, and we couldn't get the rights to Lestat, but um, Very Mary was licensed. And uh, and then, you know, we she hooked me up with this pretty Named Van Dean, who had just produced your good man Charlie Brown off Broadway at the time, wow. uh, with a bunch of really talented kids, and and she was like, "This guy Van, you know, works with kids. He can get you the best kids in town." And I just kind of wanted to do it. I mean, I didn't. I didn't Would really... you say they were the nicest kids in town? No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah, they, they actually were, and it, it was so. It was such an amazing, rewarding experience, and um, uh, we only had one night, day after Christmas, and um, and we almost sold out. We were few. We were like three tickets short, but um, but it was it was such an incredible, amazing experience. Um, and I just, you know, I've heard the saying, um, uh. If you have a good thing, you know, learn to let it go or whatever. But I'm kind of like, if you have a good thing, like suffocate, like hold it on, hold on to it, and like milk it until there is no yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, like milk it dry, baby. So I, I mean, I chased it for a really long time. Um, that was a much longer answer than you bargained for, Kim, because your answer was simply, "How did you find out of the show?" Which I answered in abundance. Um, yeah. I have well, no follow-up uh, questions. <laughs> that um, was a perfect answer. Thank you. <laughs> and and I just, whenever I do the show, I just, especially because it's about all these kind of like heavy controversial things, I just, I want to create an environment where I just remind kids how awesome they are, like all the time. I think that um, in my own small way, I'm trying to change the industry and, and the world, one very Marian authorized children's Scientology pageant at a time by making um, an environment where kids feel really supportive, supported um, rather, and that they're just reminded of how awesome and cool they are all the time. You know? I love that. Awesome. Well, that is that's a, that's very a great, cool. yeah, that's a really nice sentiment to end on. So um, oh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, everybody um, check out, a very merry um, unauthorized children's Scientology pageant, whether you go to the event or uh, check it out streaming um, when it is available. We will, of course, let you know, check our social media feeds. We'll retweet and all mm-hmm. that stuff so that you know. But Sean, thank you so much for joining us and shedding a little light on some other things that are happening. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And um, if anyone is so inclined, I have to raise $22,000, which is a lot of money. Um, it's a little scary. Um, but if you want to go to givebutter.com backslash very merry lie, check out our campaign. You can see our video where you can see all the kids singing and they're all really good. And, you know, maybe if you have like a dollar or a million of dollars, um, <laughs> you, can, you can give it to us, please. And where can people find you online to follow for updates on the show and everything that's coming next yeah, for you? Um, they can go to Unintended Baggage. That's the name of my company. Our Instagram is Unintended Baggage under no sorry Unintended <laughs> underscore Baggage underscore Co C O on Instagram um, and un, Unintended underscore Bag on Twitter. Awesome, fantastic. Well, thank you so much. And we're back! <laughs> wow! 
We did that, that it. Was, that was so interesting. So like how that. how are you going to follow that up, Kyle? I don't even know. It was I can't. It was wild. Beard, wild. Which no one who's listening can see, but amazing beard. Especially because really. we just talked bad things about you for like thirty minutes. <laughs> it was wild. It was just a dunking session. Yeah. It's great. And I, I couldn't, I didn't get to hear it. So it's, it's <laughs> embarrassing. Yeah. Me. Well, speaking of know. Duncan, uh, I, I know oh. that <laughs> I know that you're working on something else. Wow. Uh, ah. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. 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 The, you know the, what? The, the segue was too good. We're ending the episode. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the latest musical I'm working on is, um, is called Noir and it's a musical that I'm, uh, writing with Duncan Sheik. Um, uh, Darko Trezhnek is directing and, uh, Carlo Puno Garcia is, uh, choreographing. We did it this summer at the Alley Theater in Houston. Um, and then we're, you know, doing a big workshop in January with hopes that, uh, you know, it'll commercially transfer. It's a super cool show. It's a, a mystery musical, maybe obvious from the title Noir, super stylish, um, super sexy, a lot of dance. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely something different for both Duncan and I, but uh, but super cool show. Really proud of it. So I'm excited for the world to to get to see that. And That's by awesome. Here, you mean bell kicks, right? Bell kicks. <laughs> Is there anything sexier than a bell kick? Like bell- no. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I agree. Nothing's better. Uh, Should we play a burlesque act that's like just bell kicks? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's fun. It's good. Uh, that oh, does yeah. bring us to the end of our episode. Yes, it does. It's been a pleasure, guys. It's nice to see both of you again. And Kimberly, nice to hang with you. And Yeah. You know. Um, Thank you. We know you're busy. Thank you so much for taking time out. Remember, you can see a very merry unauthorized children's Scientology pageant. The tickets are free. Um, check out um, the. We'll, we'll retweet all that information uh, from us, um, and then it, it's going to be streaming. So you'll be able to see the actual filmed production streaming. That is also free. Um, yeah. So there's a ton of ways to support this work, both in person and from your home. Um, and kind of, you know, just get a feel for, for what else is out there. And, and, um, you can, um, you really enjoy that, whether it's now, um, or during the holiday season. So, uh, check out a very merry unauthorized children's Scientology pageant. (laughs) Yeah. It's perfect for the holiday season. (laughs) (laughs) You can see that children pageants Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. See where the seeds of SpongeBob and all their future musicals came Actually, in all seriousness, like one of my favorite things to do is like when I get into a new writer or director or whatever it is, watching their older stuff is so fascinating to see how it informs like the popular stuff, if you will. Like, like, do you love Scream? Great. Watch Wes Craven's New Nightmare because that is Scream is that movie is where he gets the idea from it. And he just like adapt it like all that cool stuff. Like, I think. I think Joseph Campbell once said, like, find your favorites and then and then go back and see who influenced them and read that stuff. So, like, um, this is a cool way. If you love SpongeBob um, and, 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 and you're excited and for Pony. noir and love Sky Pony, like, go back and, and check out uh, Scientology pageant because, like, you'll see some some fun nuggets in there, I'm sure. And the the craziest part is that the kids who are performing it were not even alive when it was written. Oh, so, that's true. Oh, wow. 
that's yeah. like another weird kind of wonderful but yeah wow yeah well that's awesome well that's kind of funny like every kid that will ever do this show it will be brand new to them yeah i mean that's probably because they're like so young when they do it yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. I guess that's true of kids doing any except show, that, but like except for that one theater kid in the corner with the beret on, who's like, "Oh my god, I saw this." When actually, you know, what, I had this I, album in kindergarten. I don't know if Sean. I, I'm assuming he he didn't mention this, but I'm pretty sure that the kid who played L. Ron Hubbard originally in the original production, who's no longer a kid, he's now like, I don't know, in his late twenties. Um, he. Or God, maybe even older. Um, I I think he's like musical directing, or like maybe did arrangements for this or something. Like Sean, he did mention that there was something. Yes, he mentioned the connection. Sean connected with him, and like yeah, so that's also wild, right? Like that's that's cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, actually, really weird. And then then I'll let you guys go. (laughs) I think he was fourteen when he did the show, and so and I was twenty two. So that's only eight years difference. Back then, that seemed like just an epic amount of age difference. And now that I think about how old he is, I'm like, man, that I feel like we're the same it's like age. Like a peer, yeah. Isn't that weird? How that I mean, is so this is not a profound statement. Yeah, but. no, but I guess I mean the 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 growing up you do between those years is significant. Maybe yeah. doesn't match up with the eight years, but like it's weird to think. Yeah. Just in my mind, he'll always be so much younger than me, but he's sure like, not actually, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Wow. Totally. It's like, it's like those, those things was like, you know, um, when I was two, my, you know, my, my sibling was one, like was half my age. Like now that I'm 35, like how old is my sibling? And some people would say like, well, if I'm 40, she's 20. It's like, no, she's still two years younger. <laughs> it's just, it's just a different <laughs> ratio. <laughs> That's that um, is a great, that's a mind bender right there. That's, yeah, that's got well, me. On that note, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> we really appreciate it. Thank really you so much. Yeah, Thanks. um, we end every episode with a quote. It's yeah. there's got to be a better way, a way to save the town I love. But how can I stop the end of the world? Am I just a simple sponge? Um, <laughs> that is from our uh, our um, time travel musical called Anything But the Apocalypse. Um, that ends with an apocalypse. Um, but you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook group at broad wasted, join our Patreon. Hi everyone. Um, and then of course you can find us wherever you get podcasts like Spotify and Apple podcasts, rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And thank you. Um, we end every episode by raising a glass and we say, Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, Kyle. Thank you, guys. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.